Welcome to Chromodiversity, a podcast for clinicians, educators, and families about common genetic diversity in children and adults. I'm Elliot Pollack, founder and CEO of the Chromodiversity Foundation, and I'll be your host. You're about to hear the second of two parts dedicated to predicting autism in extra X and Y children based on groundbreaking research published in 2022. Not only do we now know that autism in extra X and Y children can be predicted as early as the age of one, but also that it tends to include only two of the three key clinical traits used to diagnose autism. This matters because this new evidence shows targeted early intervention, support, and accommodation, including focusing on strengths first, for instance, may be the most effective way to improve lifelong outcomes. The first of two parts featured the abstract introduction and methods that allowed to come to this conclusion. Part two puts forward the study's results and discusses its important implications. So sit back, have a cup of coffee, and enjoy. Early symptoms of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, in one to eight-year-old children with sex chromosome trisomies, XXX, XXY, XYY, and the predictive value of joint attention. Results. Comparison between research sites. First, to control for the potential impact of research site, and therefore for cultural bias or response tendencies, on outcomes of the study, the data of the two research sites were compared. No differences between research sites, the Netherlands, USA, were found for total scores on the primary measure of ASD symptoms, including the MCHAT, and for the ADIR total score. Therefore, data were collapsed across sites. Joint attention at baseline. The ESCS was successfully completed by 79 children. Three children were not able to complete the task. Inter-rater reliability was measured based on a subsample of 10 participants and shows an intra-class correlation coefficient, ICC, of 0.81 to 0.99 for the joint attention scales collapsed together, which is considered to reflect excellent reliability. Joint attention on the baseline ESCS assessment was significantly correlated with age. Clinical risk for ASD at follow-up. The study group was divided into low risk and high risk based on the scoring algorithms of the MCHAT and ADIR as described above. To investigate overall clinical risk for the diagnosis of ASD in children with SCT across the two to eight year age span, the MCHAT and the ADIR data were collapsed. Out of 82 children with SCT, 18 children, 22%, were classified as at clinical risk for ASD. ASD symptoms at different ages. To investigate symptoms of ASD at different developmental ages, the sample was divided into two age groups, children aged two to four year old, N equals 28, 4XXX, 20XXY, 4XYY, and children aged 4 to 8 years, N equals 54, 20XXX, 21XXY, 13XYY. The distribution of karyotypes, XXX, XXY, XYY, was different in the two age groups due to the high number of XXY participants in the younger age group. Two to four-year-old children with SCT. 
ASD symptoms were assessed in the 2 to 4 year old, N equals 28, using the MCHAT. Within the SCT group, the mean score was 2.35. Based on the manual of the MCHAT, out of 28 children, 5 children were classified as moderate or high risk for ASD, 17.9%, and 23 children, 82.1%, were classified as low risk. Total score on the MCHAT was not correlated with age. 4 to 8 year old children with SCT. The ADIR interview was used to assess early ASD symptoms in the 4 to 8 year old group, N equals 54. Within the SCT group, mean score in the social interaction plus communication domain was 20.22, and in the restricted interest and repetitive behavior domain, 2.57. Within the SCT group, out of 54 children, 13 children, 24.1%, scored above cutoff on all domains. Total scores on the ADIR were not correlated with age at follow-up. Role of global cognitive functioning. Within the SCT group, ASD symptoms were not correlated with global cognitive functioning. Because of the borderline p-value of the negative correlation between ADIR total scores and WPSSI total IQ, we investigated whether ASD symptoms are more pronounced in children with SCT with a below average IQ. Total IQ was categorized into two groups, IQ less than 84, below average, IQ above 84, average. The distribution of karyotypes, XXX, XXY, XYY, was similar between the two IQ groups. An independent t-test was carried out to investigate differences in ASD symptoms between children with SCT in both IQ groups. No significant differences were found between children with SCT in the below average IQ group and the average IQ group. These results indicate that, on average, SCT children with below average and average IQ have comparable amounts of ASD symptoms, although the correlation between lower cognitive scores and ASD symptoms in the older age group should be acknowledged. Predictive value of joint attention on ASD symptoms. To investigate whether initiating joint attention and responding to joint attention at baseline are predictors for early ASD symptoms at follow-up, hierarchical regression analysis were carried out in the two separate age groups, accounting for age effects. Two to four-year-old children. No significant predictive relationship was found between initiating joint attention and ASD symptoms in children with SCT aged two to four years. However, responding to joint attention did significantly predict ASD symptoms in two to four-year-old children with SCT, indicating that a lower frequency of responses to joint attention significantly predict more ASD symptoms. Four to eight-year-old children. In four to eight-year-old children with SCT, a significant predictive relationship was found between initiating joint attention and ASD symptoms. Similarly, a significant predictive relationship was found between responding to joint attention and ASD symptoms. These results indicate that lower frequencies of initiations of joint attention and responses to joint attention significantly predict more ASD symptoms in four to eight-year-old children with SCT. 
Karyotype Differences As the distribution of karyotypes was different between the two age groups, ANCOVAs were carried out to measure differences between the various karyotypes on ASD symptoms in children aged 2 to 4 years, MCHAP, and in children aged 4 to 8 years, ADIR, accounting for age effects. For ASD symptoms in 2 to 4 year old children with SCT, no differences between karyotypes were found. Similarly, for ASD symptoms in 4 to 8 year old children with SCT, no differences between karyotypes were found, indicating a similar impact of the extra X or Y chromosome on ASD symptoms. Recruitment bias. Within the SCT group, we used ANCOVAs to test for differences on total scores between the three recruitment groups, prospective follow-up after prenatal diagnosis or information-seeking parents or clinically referred cases, accounting for age effects. There were no differences in recruitment groups on ASD symptoms in 2-4 to year old children with SCT or in 4-8 to year old children with SCT. These results show that how children with SCT enrolled in the study is not related to their level of ASD symptoms. Discussion. The current study aims to investigate the prospective impact of sex chromosome trisomies, SCTs, XXX, XXY, XYY, on the appearance of early symptoms of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, in children aged one to eight years, with specific emphasis on the predictive value of joint attention on these ASD symptoms. The biological predisposition of SCTs allows us to study early social developmental pathways of a homogeneous group of children and may be considered an at-risk group when it comes to neurobehavioral social adaptive development and related psychopathology, since the risk for ASD in this group has been found to be about 15 to 30% in children and adolescents. The results of our study add to the understanding of the early perspective contribution of the extra X or Y chromosome on clinical risk for behavioral defined neurodevelopmental disorders such as ASD and of early joint attention mechanisms predicting these ASD symptoms. The results demonstrate that ASD symptoms are substantially higher in children with SCT between two and eight years old as compared to the general population with 22% of the children at clinical risk for ASD based on parental reports. The most important conclusions of our study is that clinical diagnostic levels of ASD symptoms in SCT may already be seen in 22% of very young children. Several studies examining risk for ASD symptoms at later ages in childhood and adolescence with various types of outcome measures and different SCT populations have found similarly elevated symptoms of ASD and related increased clinical diagnoses of ASD in individuals with SCT from school age into adolescence. The results of the current study add to the literature by showing that a neurodevelopmental impact of the extra X or Y chromosome is already detectable in very young children with SCT that show ASD symptoms. ASD symptoms are similarly reported across all three karyotypes, XXX, XXY, XYY. Ascertainment bias and site of recruitment were not found to be relevant to the percentages of ASD symptoms, indicating the robustness of these results.
By comparing two developmental age groups, two to four years and four to eight years, we were able to assess ASD symptoms during different developmental phases of early childhood. We found a relatively comparable impact of SCT on the appearance of early ASD symptoms at both ages, respectively 18% and 24%. These ASD symptoms were not associated with global cognitive functioning scores, indicating that, on average, young children with SCT show an equal amount of ASD symptoms across different levels of cognitive functioning, although further examination of this relationship at older aged when cognitive assessments become more predictable of later functioning will be important. Using the ADIR interview, we assessed a profile of ASD symptoms in children from the age of four years and older. Although 24% of the children's scores above cutoff on all domains of the ADIR, social interaction and communication and restricted interests and repetitive behavior, we found that in 72% of the children's scores on the social interaction plus communication domain reached clinical diagnostic thresholds. These results indicate a specific profile of ASD symptoms in young children with SCT with relatively more vulnerabilities on the social and communicative domain as compared to the whole conglomerate of ASD symptoms, including restricted interests and repetitive behaviors. Considering the impact of social impairments on interpersonal interaction and the development and maintenance of satisfying relationships with others, these early ASD symptoms may indicate an at-risk social pathway of a considerable percentage of children with SCT. However, it's important to note that there is also a subgroup of children with SCT that show no ASD symptoms in the clinical range. Thus, while a considerable percentage of parents express their concerns about the social development of their young child with SCT, there's also a group of young children with SCT with no or only some symptoms of ASD. Furthermore, it's important to emphasize that the presence of some ASD symptoms does not mean that the child meets full clinical criteria for a diagnosis of ASD. The second aim of this study was to explore the predictive value of joint attention as an early age social cognitive mechanism precursing ASD symptoms in young children with SCT. We used systematic behavior observations of joint attention during a structured play situation to evaluate the degree to which responding to another's joint attention bids, in other words, responding to joint attention, and the tendency to initiate joint attention episodes, in other words, initiations of joint attention, are related to ASD symptoms. Our results demonstrate that in young children with SCT, the tendency to coordinate attention between social partners, in other words, joint attention, is predictive of ASD symptoms at one-year follow-up. In SCT, the early development of joint attention abilities has proven to be an area of vulnerability, and the current results have implications for our understanding of the likely consequences of vulnerabilities in the capacity to form joint attention in young children with SCT. Low tendencies of following or initiating nonverbal communicative cues early in development may contribute to longer-term impairments 
in adaptive social communication. Specifically, from earlier studies, it's known that joint attention is essential in social cognitive development underlying social adaptive behavioral development, and the practice of joint attention provides experiences of perspective sharing for the child. A lower tendency to engage in joint attention, therefore, may lead to a cascade of negative developmental effects, not only in core social cognitive skills, but also in language development and social adaptive behavioral functioning. And indeed, we found that in SCT, joint attention mechanisms serve as early predictors of pathway for risk of severe social behavioral impairments, as indicated by symptoms of ASD. Interestingly, we found differences in the two age groups with regard to the specific type of joint attention in predicting ASD symptoms at a specific age range, whereas only responding to joint attention predicts ASD symptoms in two to four-year-old children with SCT, both responding to and initiating joint attention predicted ASD symptoms in children aged four years and older. This finding supports the hypothesis that responding to joint attention and initiating joint attention have separate developmental trajectories and contribute differently to subsequent developmental outcomes. Reduced responses to joint attention are often observed during early childhood in children at risk for ASD. The initiation of joint attention seems to be even more critical and persistent in severe social impairments from early childhood into school age and adolescence. Neuroimaging studies show that brain networks supporting responding to joint attention and initiating joint attention are partially distinctive. Specifically, initiating joint attention is associated with increased activation of brain areas associated with reward processing, suggesting that initiation of joint attention may be more related to social motivation as compared to responding to joint attention that may be triggered more automatically and spontaneously. In conclusion, the results of the second part of our study indicate that, as children with SCT develop, challenges with the complex ability to initiate joint attention in which social motivation is believed to be involved may be a pivotal precursor in the emergence of severe social impairments and the related risk for ASD symptoms. This combined with the ability to spontaneously follow joint attention bids from social partners is important across both age groups in this investigation. The outcomes of our study could also provide insight in sex differences that are observed in neurodevelopmental disorders. ASD has been found to be more prevalent in males as compared to females and has different clinical manifestations in males and females. The understanding of these sex differences in ASD has important implications for tailored and individualized clinical care by guiding diagnosis and preventative intervention. The study of individuals with SCT provides a natural framework for the study of sex differences in neurodevelopmental disorders, as they provide us by a model for examining the effects of alterations in sex chromosome number on risk of ASD. By comparing SCT conditions, XXX versus XXY versus XYY, we found no differences between karyotypes, indicating similar impact of the extra X or Y chromosome on clinical risk for ASD between the ages of two to eight years. 
However, these findings are not in line with earlier studies that found increased ASD symptoms in school-aged boys and adolescents with XYY as compared to boys with XXY and typical controls, and with increased ASD symptoms in three to seven-year-old boys with XYY as compared to boys and girls with an extra X chromosome and typical controls. Together, these data suggest that the Y chromosome in and of itself may be correlated with an increase in ASD susceptibility that become more pronounced in older age groups. However, it should be considered that the distribution of karyotypes XXX, XXY, XYY was unequal across age groups, two to four years, four to eight years. Although no effect of karyotype subtype was found on ASD symptoms in both age groups in the current study, the specificity of early developmental pathways of karyotype subtypes remain unclear, which calls for further studies with larger sample sizes. Direct comparisons between different SCT conditions, in addition to comparison with age-related peers without an extra X or Y chromosome, XX, XY, would provide important evidence about the role of sex chromosomes on neurodevelopmental outcomes. Overall, the results of the present study have important implications for clinical care. As ASD symptoms were found at the early age of two years, these findings underscore the importance of incorporating closely monitoring social adaptive functioning and screening for ASD symptoms in children with SCT as routine care within the first years of life. Because of the predictive relationship between joint attention and ASD symptoms as found in this study, difficulties with joint attention can serve as an early marker for an at-risk developmental profile and is a potential target for early intervention. Early detection and support of children at risk is relevant for three reasons. First, children at risk for social impairments may have fewer social learning experiences compared to their peers, possibly leading to a cascade of negative developmental effects. Second, parents of children with known SCT often experience stress and uncertainty about their child's development and their own parenting. Early detection of developmental risk in children allows for appropriate support for parents by offering psychoeducation or coaching. Early support of parents might result in higher parent well-being and family adaptive functioning by means of an improved positive psychological functioning and allow for learning effective coping strategies. Finally, Preventive support and treatment early in life of children with SCT might reduce vulnerability for social impairments later in life. It is therefore of high relevance to evaluate the efficacy of neurocognitive and neurobehavioral interventions early in life of children with SCT. As early interventions are well established to support the early development of children with ASD and their families, these early services may be beneficial for young children with SCT as well. Unfortunately, research evaluating the potential effects of early intervention and parental support in the SCT population remains scant, although there is recent promising evidence that early neurocognitive training can support social cognitive development of four to eight-year-old children with SCT. 
it is of urgent need to further investigate the possible efficacy of long-term outcomes of services and programs early in life of children with SCT, even more considering the need to offer supportive preventative interventions to the growing group of prenatally diagnosed children with SCT. The present study has several limitations, thus providing suggestions for future studies. First, our study on the early impact of SCT on ASD symptoms relies on parental reports which might represent bias. Behavioral symptoms of the child were not observed or discussed in a multidisciplinary team of clinicians to establish a shared clinical perspective. However, former studies demonstrated that parental assessment of ASD symptoms based on the MCHAT and ADIR correlates with behavioral observations of ASD symptomology during clinical observations, for example, during the Autism Diagnostic Observation Scale, ADOS. Second, although a percentage of boys with XXY Kleinfelter syndrome received testosterone treatment, 46%, the sample is not powered to study the efficacy of testosterone treatment on ASD symptoms. Randomized and placebo-controlled trials would provide more reliable insights into the effects of testosterone treatment in boys with Kleinfelter syndrome. Finally, longer prospective follow-up of the cohort beyond one year is important to determine if these predictive relationships remain relevant as more complex social and communication skill develop, and whether joint attention and or other factors are indeed predictive for a later clinical diagnosis of ASD. To conclude, the current longitudinal study with relatively large and international sample of young children with SCT demonstrates the appearance of early ASD symptoms in a subset of young children with SCT from two years of age onward. Moreover, we found that joint attention, and especially the capacity to initiate joint attention, longitudinally predicts these ASD symptoms. These results advocate for close monitoring and early preventative support and intervention aiming to optimize social adaptive development in young children with SCT. Thank you for listening to this second of two parts dedicated to predicting autism in extra X and Y children. As you heard, 18% of two to four year olds showed precursor traits related to social interaction, less spontaneous reaction to attempts of parents to engage in systematic structured play with them. 24% of four to eight year olds also showed a second precursor trait, which related to communication, less self-motivation to initiate play. However, a third clinical signature trait of autism, restricted interests and repetitive behaviors, does not seem to be impacted by extra X or Y chromosomes. Diagnosis was confirmed a year later, demonstrating the predictive value of early age social and communication observations of what's sometimes called the social brain. This matters because it means early monitoring of social adaptive functions of children with extra chromosomes should be done as routine care within the first years of life. Not only may it allow to avoid an irreversible cascade of negative lifelong effects, it could also significantly improve parent well-being with relief from stress and uncertainty regarding their own parenting and offer the opportunity to learn effective coping strategies when interacting with their child. Perhaps the biggest takeaway is that this ability to predict social-emotional differences, thanks to early detection, has the potential to open the door to better lifelong outcomes for millions of individuals and families with common genetic differences. 
Tune in for our next episode of Chromodiversity Season 3 and have a wonderful day.